Welcome to the film room. Room, room, room. <laughs> if we all sound weird, it's because we're on Skype, because we have a guest this week. Hello! Identify yourself. I'm uh, Austin's brother, friend to Al, Nathan Shin. Yeah! <laughs> Frequent, uh, Nathan has in the past graced us with such uh, episodes as Zapped Again and Heart of the Country, and he's back again with another one. And you also might know him from his wonderful review that he did for the uh project which uh yes. i was so happy i was so pleased with that i thought you did a great job thank you that was a fun bit of creative writing yeah uh we're, we're gonna do at least another week like that next week because we had such good experience with it so mean, uh, next, we have you back next year next year yeah next year next year when we close out the trilogy yeah next year we're gonna look at the modern b movie and so for your third Patreon episode, you've given us kind of a spectacular <laughs> choice. A... Yeah. This time I haven't gone with, I don't know if I'd call it like a clearly bad movie, but I wanted to go for something that's kind of like reaching right. into the territory of being like serious cinema. And uh, what... I watched it hoping that that was going to be the case. That it was going to be uh, halfway decent, but I was just uh, incredibly bored and... Um, distracted by it uh so i picked six years uh yeah. kind of like a you probably know more about it than i do so go ahead yeah well um first of all uh yeah the movie was made it was commissioned by the duplass brothers the masters of mumblecore uh they commissioned uh writer director hannah fidel to do a movie about domestic violence which kind of came as a, as a surprise to me because i didn't really understand that that was what the film was supposed to be about yeah. Um, yeah. It's that, kind that, of that, unclear. Like, there's like horribly two unclear. scenes. Yeah, there's like two scenes and they're not at all well handled. They're terribly shot. Um, so she was commissioned to make this movie. Uh, she didn't write a script. She wrote a 40 page outline uh, with limited dialogue so that the cast could improvise and could uh, find their. Yeah. Okay. I'm, that explains a lot. Doesn't that explain everything? Um, she uh, hired her cast. Um, they all lived together in the same house in Austin, Texas. Yes, of course, this movie was shot in Austin. And they uh, it was shot quickly over three weeks with everybody just kind of feeling their way around it and kind of feeling the film out. Um, it debuted at South by Southwest Film Festival in uh, 2015. was picked up, thankfully not for theatrical distribution, but for video-on-demand distribution. Uh, by the Orchard, and then Netflix uh, acquired the uh, main distribution. It did, however, get a DVD release via Sony, which is just another black mark and a number of really bad decisions they've made. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how that how that meeting went, or if they just like bought a bunch in bulk and. Yeah, I think that it was... had to be a bought a bunch in bulk. I mean, that th there's no way. Uh, especially because the movie's on Netflix, so it's kind of like when you're buying a movie that's easily available on Netflix, you're you're, you're really you're really just buying because I mean that had to be it. So yeah, um, Nathan, I'm going to give you a challenge. Why don't you tell us what the movie is about? I want to hear your synopsis. What did I take away from it? Okay, so the movie first off it opens up, and you're not really sure where it's set. Like that's not clear until what, like 45 minutes into the film. Yeah. So you're just kind of thrown into this space of like youthful whimsy. And they're just like, they're kids uh, who are feeling their way through their early twenties. It's not clear if they're in college. Did, did anybody else have trouble with being like, how old are they supposed to be? Uh, yeah. It's, it's something like... I kind of, like they mention class every once in a while, but 
like so he's out of school just in an so internship or he's a senior in an internship and she's a year below him in class. They've been together for six years, so when <laughs> would they have gotten together? And... Exactly. That's not clear. Like they knew each other going back how far? Because it doesn't seem like And it's they... not helped if you know the ages of the actors because uh Thaisa Farmiga is only twenty one. Like ah. twenty one, twenty two. So that, that really doesn't help uh, try to pin that stuff down. Like, I think she was playing a little bit older, maybe. And by the way, just so we're clear, everybody, you are hearing a chicken in the background. I was huh. going to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a rooster. It's un gallo con muchos huevos. It yes. is. <laughs> uh, Reference. Reference. Rooster outside is with his hen, and they're digging up worms. Um, but anyway, yes. So what is the movie about? Young? Okay, in a nutshell, I guess my synopsis would be that it's about like the challenges of a young relationship when your lives are changing. Is that yeah. it? That there's your box quote. That's that's yeah. theoretically what the movie is about. Yeah. What I took away from it was it's about uh, chronic alcoholics <laughs> who have no business being in the same room with each other, who spend seventy two minutes trying to figure that out. God. That's kind of what I took away from it. Al, what did you see? Okay, what I saw was, if this was a good movie, if this was, like, intentionally done to mislead us, or I guess I'm saying if the movie was trying to be at all sarcastic, it was about when everybody is telling you to do a thing and you just fucking don't do it. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it's disagree. about to me. I don't disagree. This is... <laughs> This is a movie, you could alternatively say, this is a movie that explores the relationship between the character, the uh, main character in God's Not Dead and uh, his girlfriend if that was the center of the film. Yeah, oh god. And also if they were chronic alcoholics who had sex. Um, I didn't get the feeling there was any sex going on in that movie. Right, that was a bizarre thing. This this movie clearly opened up on a sex scene. Yes. But where did that, obviously not serving the plot in any way. Not at all. You didn't uh, get that it was ironic because get it, it's a movie about breakups, but it starts with a sex scene. Oh, yeah. okay. So that was like that was uh, it went way over my head. Then I thought it was just gratuitous sex for the uh, purpose of roping in an audience. But <laughs> no, you're I, you're saying there was some deeper cinematic theme. I'm saying there was some deeper <laughs> cinematic theme in the way that a puddle has a measure of depth. Yes. <laughs> It's not it's not unlike the opening scene of Fifty Shades of Grey where she's trying to tame her wild hair. Damn my hair. It just won't behave. And them Catherine Kavanagh for being ill and subjecting me to this ordeal. I should be studying for my final exams, which are next week. Yet here I am trying to brush my hair into submission. Uh, mm-hmm. Get it? Oh, I swear to God, every... We uh, b before uh, I had my partner watch this movie because uh, I watched it first. I told him you need to have something to drink, and every time that something happens that you can predict the outcome of it, take a drink. Mm, it's very, very predictable. Yes, it is. Um, let's see. Let's 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 underline that this movie is so hipster that it made my eyes burn. It had like that shoegaze M eighty three. I don't know how many scenes there were where it was like. Uh, crescendoing electronic music with scenes of people like drinking and having fun. There's like the pool scene, one of the opening scenes where they're like going down the road, uh, skipping and being youthful. And it, uh, so saccharine. This movie has probably the, mo the shortest, most half-assed montages I've ever seen. Let's go set off some motherfucking Chinese lanterns. Show it.
it really does. I like that you put it that way. It it has a just a a wave upon wave of montages. Yeah, they last like maybe fifteen seconds, and then they're done. It's like okay, you, know, you like you've got the lantern scene where see they're so cool because they're lighting Chinese lanterns. Uh, yeah. God, why? Why did why did that happen? That was so cheesy. Oh, it was incredibly cheesy. Okay, uh, by they, let's talk about who they are. That's that was when. Okay, that was when the main character, the boy, uh, what was his name? Guy. I handsome, didn't. Handsome pouty lips boy. Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Dan. Yeah. Yes. That was when. Oh, my dogs just came in the room. Anyway, that was when <laughs> Dan was like with his, He's in an internship at a record company. With what is supposed to be like these cool older people who are not, who are just like sad shells of what is supposed to be cool. Yeah, I they're guess. pathetic. Yeah, they're pathetic, pathetic people. Uh, so he's uh, he's in an internship at this record company, and this is his future. This is the future he's banking on: is a life with a record company. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this is the kind of the establishing scene. That this is like the new life that he's trying out, uh, getting drunk, having fun lighting lanterns with these carefree, <laughs> kind of like hipster, older record executives. I guess they would be. Yeah. You bring up an interesting thing, which is that all we ever see of him and his uh, coworkers is them partying and doing all this stuff. We never actually see him working. <laughs> right, like, what are they doing? Right. He listens to music, because... Go to a show. It's like, he, he listens to music, and uh, the music that we hear in this movie is pretty standard hipster garbage. Yeah. Oh, come on. Though I did notice, iron- uh, humorously, uh, one of the bands that was on the soundtrack was uh, Zoe Kravitz's band, which was also on the soundtrack to Dope, Aww. a movie that I constantly wished I was watching instead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just saying that was a little bit better. Um, but uh, that was something that I learned from looking up the uh, stuff. But yeah, all we ever see is that he's doing this, and we don't have any reason to think that this label is so successful that they're really going to land that New York branch. It's like, <laughs> I don't right. believe this for a second. Mm-hmm. Right. I, uh, I also don't believe that an uh, that a uh, an indie label would be going to New York because New York is really no longer – the center of a scene like that it's really they're going to do better just to stay in austin and focus on building what they've got there but that's me actually knowing something like actually having some idea of how media works okay so that's dan's thing mm-hmm. yeah Dan is is going through this uh he's got an internship and he's looking at joining the real world okay M- melanie yeah mm-hmm. uh, but she goes by mel of mel. course Right, that's why I stumbled on it a little bit. Yeah, Mel, Mel because is a uh, she is uh, becoming a preschool teacher. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Gra- grade school or something like that. Some young, she's teaching young kids, which is a terrifying thought. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. she's like shadowing for now. She, it doesn't. That's the that's the other thing. Like it shows her at work, but it doesn't actually show her. Like unless I. Unless I just, like, missed it in a montage, it doesn't actually show her teaching. Right, there's one or, there's two scenes of her work, right? The yeah. first one, yeah, she's just sitting in a classroom watching kids, and yes. kind of helping out, and the second one, she's, it's like after, yeah, she's hung out, she's hung over or something, I think she's hung over in every scene where she's at work. Yeah, well, she's <laughs> hung over pretty much, I just... Honestly, she may be hung over in every single scene of this movie. As much as the character is pounding hard liquor through this movie. That's another thing I noticed. Nobody is ever drinking beer. It's always, let's do shots. Yeah. I I considered drinking while watching this. And if I had, that might have been enough to turn me off alcohol for the rest of my life. <laughs> I had to watch it in installments because there were points where, like the whole first 45 minutes of the film, the like the first act, which... <laughs> Seems to be yeah, like half half the movie is. You're being like, generous to call it an act. Uh, yeah, there's no conflict at all until he receives a text from Amanda. Yes, it was yeah, Amanda. Yeah. It was Amanda. because I'm reminded of a rule that I've heard once, which is that you can never trust an Amanda. They're <laughs> always 
No, 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 no. I heard this one from an Amanda, after all. I heard oh. it from my Amanda. That's interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Amanda, who's played by Lindsay Burge, mm-hmm. who is like the uh, other woman. Yes. She works at the record company. They accidentally kiss at a pool party. Or not accidentally. They very intentionally, drunkenly kiss Dan and Amanda at a pool party, which Mel has left early to go home because she has to work the next day. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sorry I did that. It's okay. I'm really sorry. It's okay. I don't know. No, it's I don't okay. know. Something I want to point out about that scene before we, uh, while we're on it. Notice the uh, difference in how Mel is dressed, which is very conservative. She's even wearing a long sleeve shirt versus how Amanda is wearing that harlot outfit of a leopard print bikini. <laughs> Subtle day! I missed that. Wow. I, I missed that. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, Me neither. <laughs> but yeah, they do kind of try to paint her as the quote-unquote bad girl. It's like, she's not that bad. She's kind of average, actually. Yeah. She just seems like a desperate 20-something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, they accidentally kiss, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, that was stupid. I've got to go home. He goes home and everything's fine. He doesn't tell Mel about it. But he doesn't have to. Because in the only rising action of the whole first act, uh, she borrows Dan's phone. They're at a party, of course, drinking. She borrows Dan's, Dan's phone to call somebody and receives a text from Amanda, which said something to the effect of, that kiss was great, let's try it again sometime. Yeah, something like, something that, like yeah. that. And uh, the proverbial shit hits the fan, and we're off. Yeah. Yes. And, of course, uh, police are called, and he spends a night in jail, and... We can hold him for up to about 24 hours, so I would suggest you maybe come back tomorrow. 24 hours? About 24 at least. That cop's accent is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that cop's Texas accent is terrible. It could uh, not have been hard to find uh, someone with a decent Texas accent in Austin, Texas. <laughs> Is this the point when we realize they're in Austin? I can't... Yes, yes, because you get a shot of the uh, Travis, Travis County, County jail. jail. That's right. Yeah, that's the establishing shot that came 30 minutes into the film. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So from there, basically, it's it, we're just at that point waiting for them to break up. That's the point when I just said, you know what? These guys should really break up. Like, they are bad for each other. It's... And it's strange because, and then, it, but, but, you know, they do, they do try to mend the fences. I mean, they're still mad at each other, but then she goes to the party, she gets drunk, and there's that just dreadfully handled attempted rape scene. Ugh. Yeah. That was just badly done, and that's all that needs to be said about it. It just, ugh. Yeah. But, uh, yep. Then they go to her, then they go to her house. In a sequence that that entire sequence where they're in Houston is so thuddingly filled with bad moments. Because let's see, first of all, we realize that they're both from money because like uh, the family house is extremely nice and it's got a pool and they're sitting there going, oh, so you're so you're not only um, arrogant and uh, whiny, you're also rich. Great. I really hate you all now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that that uh, is also made clear in that scene where Dan is talking to his mother, and she's like, "You know, I know we haven't really talked about this, but I, I want you to know that your father and I would like to um, help you if you want to leave Texas. We would pay your rent and your expenses for a few months really? till you got settled, like we did with your brother." She's like maybe the only great actor and actress in that film was uh, Dan's mother. I can't remember who she was played by. Uh, Dana Wheeler Nicholson, because she was the only actress that has really done much of anything before this. Yeah, she. I thought she did a good job. She, she was fine. believable. Has a, I mean, but that's not saying much. Yeah, and she's given one of the most hackneyed speeches in any movie. The scene where she's telling him <laughs> that he should go and take the job. You want my real answer? Yeah. Because my real answer is that you need to make this decision about you, not Mel, and not this relationship. Honey, I know how special it is with you and Mel, your family to each other, and we all are. We're all family. 
and I love her. So this is nothing against Mel. But I am telling you, this is a great opportunity, and I know you want it. I know you do. And honestly, if I could tell you anything that was valuable, and I'm talking to you as an adult now, that if, if I could go back, have it over again, there are things I would change. There are things that I... Like what? Well, I don't know, and I'm not, this isn't about me or regrets or anything. It's just I'm trying to share with you that we make decisions, they affect the rest of our lives. I would have maybe gone to grad school and had a career I love, and I, you know, please, I, you know what I'm saying. So every movie has to have a mother who's like, you know, the subtext of what I'm saying is I wish I'd never had you. Yeah, right. I have seen that trope over and over again. And also there's the idea that, oh, see, like there's a moment where Mel is sitting in her room and she's watching it be packed up and it's like, see, innocence is gone. Yeah, that was very heavy handed. Oh, so heavy handed. And uh, that, I mean, that's kind of the fundamental idea of this entire relationship is that it's like, see, this thing that has lasted for so long, it's coming to an end. You're going to have to grow up and be independent now. It's like, shut up. They have another fight and... uh he they decide to take a break that's the other thing is that whenever they t quote unquote take a break it they never like they always say oh yeah we talked about this i need uh you know i've told you i need space it's like when did he say that in the movie like when did he say that ever yeah well yeah, he see, didn't that's right yeah if, if they'd had a script that might have been something that was dealt with uh mm -hmm. but they didn't have a script so yeah um they just assumed that you figured that out from Osmosis? <laughs> Osmosis. Yeah. Uh, I understand why they call these movies mumblecore now, because that's basically what you've got is a lot of mumbling going on big time. <laughs> or screaming. Or screaming. Farmiga does so much screaming in this movie that it gets so irritating so fast. Um, yeah. And every every fight is... Oh, it's irritated me so bad. It's like every fight is broken up by some sort of just blunt thing that happens like okay fight interrupted by the cops okay and then that whole thing ends with the attempted rape which brings them back together like some horrible thing brings them back together yeah fight. yeah i guess I, I feel like maybe they stuck some landing there like a relationship can't be perpetuated by mm -hmm. uh, like these disgusting <laughs> right yeah moments you know like maybe maybe there was some they captured something there, uh, intentional yeah. or not. Yeah. No, I think I, 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 I feel like that was probably unintentional. Uh, yeah. Because, of course, this leads to the fight, which honestly, you know what that whole sequence reminded me of when I really get right down to it is it felt like they were ripping off friends. It felt like they were outright ripping off friends to a certain degree, even with even with suggesting the idea that, hey, I thought we were on a break. It's like, I should not be thinking about one of the worst pieces <laughs> of sitcom writing of all time. One of the most damaging pieces of sitcom writing ever. Why did you, why did you go there? I mean... I am not familiar with the, uh, with the friend's plotline. Uh, Ross and Rachel have a fight. Uh, they decide to take a quote-unquote break. Ross goes and sleeps with someone else. And the entire rest of the show is going to be them going back and forth on a loop of breakups and getting back together and he never really resolving this fight and so on and so forth and i'm just gritting my teeth and yeah it's not good writing okay that entire plot line is destructive to that That's show uh, th that show is lucky there were four other characters let me put it to you that way um <laughs> but but i mean that but then of course you know they have that fight and she throws was it like a snow globe or something some glass. I th I took it as like a uh, a beer glass, or like a whiskey glass. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which would oh. have been appropriate. And he like and he steps on it like a dumbass. I mean, yes. I'm sorry, but I did not feel any. Okay, uh, I, this is an unpopular opinion, but he got pushed. Okay, this sounds bad, and some people may not like this, but he got pushed down by a very small girl. And hit his head. That's the first That's domestic the first violence time, yeah. scene, yeah. right? And uh, this—I'm not victim blaming, uh, right. but no. they didn't—they didn't really make it clear enough that she was like a violent tyrant either. No, they didn't. Right? No. Uh, uh, so I was just like, God, what a 
puss. Like, get it. <laughs> you got pushed down. And then he's he, they're fighting. This is after he's caught in bed with uh, Amanda, right? And she throws a glass, and he steps on it. Like, ah! Like, what a... <laughs> I didn't feel like like he was horribly victimized. Right. No, he wasn't. It painted no. it more as like this is a uh, byproduct, not like he's being uh, victimized, and this is just he he doesn't have like a victim mentality. Uh, but he's aggressive too. That's right. The thing. He's aggressive back in. Yeah, yeah it, they're fighting. It's mutual. Yes, going out and sleeping with somebody you have sexual tension with because you're having a fight with your girlfriend is pretty damned aggressive. <laughs> Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, what the? F- and that was one where I'm just like, I just, I just was so angry. I typed it like I typed a message out to Austin without using spaces or capitals. They're gonna yeah. fuck. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck oh fuck. Did oh, fuck. you see it coming from a mile away? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like why? <laughs> this movie would only be unpredictable to Peter Griffin. I'm convinced. Like. I kept watching this movie imagining Peter Griffin trying to describe the plot of it to somebody and seeming so impressed because that's exactly the level that this movie plays at. And then it leads to that stupid ending when they're at the hospital and he's like, I'll give it all up for you. I'll give it all up. And she's like, look at me and tell me that you'll do it. He, he won't look at her. He won't say anything. Cut to black. I love you so much. I don't want to go to New York anymore. I don't want to change our plans. I'm gonna make this work. I think you should take it. No, what are you talking about? Dad, I love you so much. I love you too. It doesn't feel I can't not see you every day. Please don't do this. I don't want to break up. Tell me you love me. And you want to spend the rest of your life with me. Look me in the eye and tell me. If there is ever the impregnable question. Uh, and that's the entire ending of the movie. Oh, right. Yes, yeah, and that is. that, And that's the movie. There you go, folks. <laughs> that's all okay. there is to it. Yeah. I'm kidding, but I mean, seriously, there was like no. Not a lot of meat. Really Especially for the statement it was claiming to make. I'm not sure exactly what that statement is. Like, I don't... Like, I, I really... I'm baffled at what they were going for. Like, they're... Okay, I think I, I mentioned also last night, you know, one of the frustrating things is he asks his mother, yeah, what should I do? Should I take the job? You know, and she makes that speech. Yeah, you should take the job. Your life is more important than your relationship. I know you've been together for a long time, but you really need to, you know, do this. It's like, mom's right. You should do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, of yeah. course, you're not going to do it because relationship. <sighs> uh, I noticed that, that that actress was in Friday Night Lights, the uh, TV show, which I love, and uh, that they had a similar style for that show where sometimes you would do off-the-cuff improv you know, for, for lines. And I think maybe the reason she came off decently in this format is because she had like six seasons of experience <laughs> with it or however many, you know, half a dozen. So she, she's maybe had better uh, improv chops well, than our two leads. That's interesting. I think you make a really good point there. Improv is one of those things that everybody thinks everybody, they I don't know, they've come to think that it's so easy and that it's so it's workable, and it's not. It's really not. Oh, God. I, no way. No. I don't know. Arguably, it might be more difficult than scripted direction. It's not as it's not as easy as Bojack Horseman would have you believe. <laughs> My name's Brian, and you haven't won me over yet. Oh, Brian! Todd, in improv, we get suggestions from an audience, then we make up scenes based on them. There's just a few simple rules. You don't ask questions, you don't say no, no matter what. And when someone makes a suggestion, you always try to build on it. We call that yes and. Yes and? If you mess up, that's okay. It's all part of the fun. Is it really that simple? Ugh. It's incredibly complicated and requires years of training. Oh, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. all. I mean, I like, okay, Christopher Guest is able to to have great success with it. Uh, 
and Judd Apatow to a limited degree. We can argue about that. But uh, but in both those cases, you're working with repertory casts of actors. Mike Lee does the same thing. You're working with comedy also, which lends yeah. itself to the to absurd, which drama, is much easier. Drama doesn't work that way. Um, and in those cases, you're working with actors who, again, the director usually has a repertory cast that they've worked with. So they know where to put them, where to play them. And the actors are familiar and comfortable with each other. I didn't feel that here. Not at all. And and that's really damaging when we're supposed to when the entire crux of this film is supposed to be that these characters have been together for, as the title says, six years. Yeah, I didn't believe that for a second. Yeah, the moment where I really didn't believe that is uh, the scene where he catches her watching porn. And it's <laughs> like, and that's that's just like a oh yeah, I was going to, uh, and my friend said you'd get bored with me sexually. It's like. You've been together for six years. I'm pretty sure you should have your sex life figured out by now. Yeah, that's a conversation that probably should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. Plus, yeah. it's like, not going to clip it here because it's... Ugh. But uh, the porn that she's watching just sounds like the most grotesque thing ever. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like, yeah, this is, this is not pleasant or fun to watch. No. And also, that's something that is brought up and then completely dropped like a sack of rocks. Yeah, what was was that? Was that supposed to be like some comedic relief? Do you think? I think so. I, don't, I, yeah, think, I think so. so. It just kind of fails. Yeah, yeah it, it certainly it it fell hard. Yeah, it, it, it really does. It's just like they go on to the next scene in the bathroom. It's like okay, so we're not gonna, we're just gonna leave the porn thing. We're just gonna, and then it goes on to the next scene. It's like okay, then whatever. I don't care if you don't care. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and there's just, it's, it's amazing how I am grateful. I am grateful very much for the fact that this movie is only like 75 minutes. Uh, I will say, although I saw that there is a longer running time for at least one version, like, but even then it was only 85 minutes. Um, oh, I wonder what they cut. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what they could add that would make this make any sense. I doubt characterization was left on the floor because that's just it. We don't really know anything about any of these characters. We I'll tell you more shots of drinking, more shots of Chinese lanterns. That's about it. <laughs> we, I didn't think about it, but like, what would you say? Like 75% of the movie, they're drunk or drinking. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Like when they're with their parents is maybe, no, they drink with their parents. <laughs> yeah. At back in Houston, back in Houston is maybe the only time that they're not intoxicated. Yeah, that may be it. But then again, does she at the end does he go back to Texas or does he go back to Austin or does Amanda come to Houston? Oh yeah, I mean, all of a sudden they're back in t Austin. Yeah, you have to throw in a transition shot here and there. It's yeah. not hard. Take a tiny, tiny note from uh, Tommy Wiseau's uh, making of the room. <laughs> throw in at least a couple establishing shots where you are. <laughs> yeah, they establish that we're in Houston by uh, panning across the Houston landscape and all that. They established that there's establishing shot that we're in Austin by the time we're at the jail and they're showing like Travis County courthouse. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two. Of course we'd never film in Brooklyn. That would be, that'd yeah. be too, much, too much work, right? That'd be... Yeah. The movie never, I mean, we don't, we get no exposition really come to think about it aside from mm -hmm. a few brief things about the uh, job and the, teacher thing and i don't know i mean we get we get nothing and i i suppose the idea is that it's supposed to be slice of life maybe maybe but it doesn't feel like a very interesting life like well, it's, i would say slice of life needs to be intimate yeah there's absolutely nothing intimate no about this film thank you exactly it yeah. just the way, and i think the way it's shot goes a long way to dismantling that uh that speedy uh, unsteady shaky cam kind of thing the quick cuts, you never get to, like, nothing's built up. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything just sort of happens and then lays there. And then, I mean, I guess the only thing that they really kind of build to is the uh, attempted rape scene. Because you know, that guy is kind of looking at her weird when they, like, put her in, drunkenly into bed. It's like, oh. I'll admit that. That scene made me so uncomfortable. It did, yeah. Right. It, it got that. It got. It did that well. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, something bad's about to happen. I don't want to see this. Exactly. That's about the only thing that really built. It just, I don't know, it's so flat. Um, When I was trying to describe this movie to a couple of people and trying to explain why I thought it was so bad, a number of them were like, it wasn't, they couldn't see how it was all that bad. And one of them was even like, well, it couldn't be as bad as standing ovation. And I was like, well, no, of course it wasn't that bad. (laughs) Nothing's that bad. I had seen the other film that Amanda, the character Amanda, that actress that she was in, um, a teacher or an education, what was it called? Uh, a teacher, also by Hannah Fidel, actually. Yes. Right, and by the same director. And it was, I feel like it was definitely better than this, uh, but maybe because, but it was another film where it's just like two characters, the student and the teacher. There's like slow rising action. It's like, that it happens late in the movie before it speeds up. Uh, so it's like she has a playbook, you know, like she's like, she definitely has this thing that she, these devices that she likes to use. Uh, but it went better in that film than it did in this film. Uh, but the Amanda character, God, I feel bad. Lindsay Burge. Sorry. Yeah. I keep thinking of it. Uh, she, her acting is not, not so hot. Uh, it's kind of like that aloof, touch my hair a lot. <laughs> uh, cool older sister character is kind of what she plays she played that in in the, the teacher and that in, in this film a teacher she's kind, of, she's kind of like what yeah her character is kind of like what uh, jillian flynn describes as the cool girl in uh, gone girl like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the character she's playing uh girl girl that likes video games and drinks beer i yeah. just i just recently read that book <laughs> yeah as that, that is an awesome book and an awesome movie yeah 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 but I don't know. This just this is nothing. And I mean, it's one of those movies. Okay, because it didn't get a big theatrical release, because it didn't get you know anything more than just you know being spat out on Netflix. I guess I, I can't be too worried about it. But it's just someone's gonna find this. They're gonna have the option to watch something better. Yeah. They're gonna probably make it ten minutes into this, and then they're gonna watch something better. Hopefully, you've got to hope that, and that they don't take away relationship advice from it. Yeah. It's like okay, if this was maybe a shade like you know the ending song kind of says it all as far as how tone deaf this film is because um uh, it's something like oh yeah i'll always love you blah, blah, blah. it's like it should be something like maybe like that but more sarcastic like okay we as the filmmakers know that this relationship is toxic and is not sustainable you know, just some semblance of that. That might somewhat redeem this. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's no sarcasm to it. There's no. It, it's funny. You we always associate hipsters with ironic distance, but I didn't feel ironic distance from this movie. No, and that's weird. It needed that. It really needed to step away from itself and just say, "Okay, look, we know that this is terrible, and this should not be emulated." And these people are terrible for each other and this is just going to be a cycle i i guess that's what it was trying to paint yeah it doesn't do a good job no and i'm telling you that could have all been fixed if they had actually sat down and hammered out the script clearly Mm -hmm. i feel yeah like this could have done well with a good script it's a good story yeah it's a good timeless uh warning you know yeah i guess but they didn't uh I guess the whole gist of it is passion doesn't equal right uh, respect. Yeah, I suppose. And also <laughs> yeah, that just because, I mean, also just because you've done something for a long time doesn't mean it's a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. And these these characters are in no way mature. It's like, uh, let me dissect a scene real quick. The scene where he tells her that he is was offered a job and he has to go to New York. On his part. Like, his delivery on that to her kind of sucks because he's basically telling her how it's going to be instead of discussing what she wants to do. Like, what, you know, she wants them to do. And, you know, just hammering that out. Her reaction is, no, no, you cannot do this. Uh, Instead of of recognizing that, yeah, it's a great opportunity for you. So, I mean, they're both in the wrong on that scene. And I, I feel like that describes the movie a bit. Yeah. Well, you know what this left me wishing for was that I was getting something like I kept thinking of things like betrayal from Harold Pinter 
or a Closer by Patrick Marber, uh, plays that I really love and plays that also deal with toxic relationships. And it's like, I, my kingdom for something as good as one of those, because that's what this reminded me of, but not in a favorable way. And I'm reaching there, admittedly. Those are all-time classic, uh, at, at least their respect in plays. But this just, I don't know, this is meh, is what this is. Um, meh. meh. So, Nathan, let me ask you a question, since you've come on to, uh, since we you've had us watch bad movies uh, in the past, <laughs> what do you consider a good movie? I'm I'm genuinely curious as to what would you recommend to someone, because you've had us watch some spectacular duds. What do you consider good? So, like, top three uh, or something along how the, how, along the uh, first yeah. I'll say how this could have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Uh, I'm sorry. Which is yeah. easy, very easy to say to sit back and go. Well, I should have just done this. But uh, seriously, more intimacy uh, into the characters, more of a view into the characters' lives, more more establishment of place, time, and like the emotional levels of the characters earlier in the film. So I could have gotten into it. This is more of a taste thing, but I just I don't like the quick cam, shaky cam, cuts, and short, like you were saying, the shortest montages in the history of film. And that whole, like, twee, electronica, M83 style music, I feel like that's past. Like, that's, Mm. that would have been, that would have been cool in 2009, 2010. Uh, So there's some of it that was dated. And uh, so they had good subject matter, and she had a point to make i guess she was tasked with making a film about domestic violence and that could have gone much better uh my top three uh, something like so slice of life uh nashville it's one of my favorite movies ah, of all time yes mm. yes robert altman. Uh, robert altman is oh yeah he big fan yeah, oh, yeah. he is almost um, right he is the best at uh, Slice of Life. It's tough to think about your favorite. Uh, Boogie Nights, of course. Austin. Oh, Lewis, yeah, of course. Oh, hell yeah. Mag- Magnolia, favorite, my favorite films of all time. Uh, excellent it, choices. Yeah. Movies that are so good that you can't watch them a lot because they just kind of drain you and take you through so much. That was what Mason said, actually, when we were uh, discussing the movie, actually. Uh, yeah, like Magnolia would be a difficult watch too often. I saw the film Broken Flowers. and I. Oh, yeah. The Jarmusch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't he in a, a Texan? Uh, I don't know, but I, th- I I think he has at least some Southern roots. I can't really get to my computer to check, but I, I'm not sure what his uh, background is. Um, I like Jarmusch. He's... I actually I actually saw a film uh, uh, with him in it. It's a documentary on the guy who made the film about William Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jim Jarmusch, I think, was a uh, was heavily involved in that. So I actually saw him in a documentary recently, and that was New York, I think. Yeah. So I'm not okay. sure if that's where he's based. He's out of. he's from he's from he's born in Ohio, so I'm sure he's a New York. Yeah, yeah. Personality. Yeah. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, so those those are the kind of films I enjoy. Very good films. Very good choices. I'm trying to think of like my favorite thing I've watched in the last year. And I'm yeah. sure, Austin, you might remember things I've brought up with you. I was going to mention when you brought Burke and Flowers. That's probably one of the best ambiguous endings I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's ambiguous ending done right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because this wasn't an ambiguous ending, even in the least. Uh, though it, I, I think they think it's ambiguous, but it's not. It's not. Not even slightly. I, I watched Are You Here? Man, I should have picked that as my bad movie. <laughs> that would have been a great one. It was completely awful. Uh, hey, save that for your next suggestion. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be next time. Yeah. <laughs> that was just horrible. Yeah, that That's a movie that, of course, only got made because the uh, writer and director of it uh, was uh, created Mad Men and then got to uh, get this as his vanity project. So, yeah, because the script had sat on the shelf for long time i know yeah movies like that are never any good uh they just aren't that's Uh, what happened with that yeah it was it was a script that he wrote years ago and once he created mad men he got the power to make it so that's too bad yeah explains a lot doesn't it yeah it's it's funny how so many of these tv guys think they can go to movies 
and then they discover that they're completely out of their league. It's time to finish, Mad Men. I, uh, I got down to the last seven episodes last year, and then AMC took them off their site before I could finish it. Ugh. You know, I never liked it very much, to be honest. Yeah, it would. I would see it appealing to you. Yeah, I won't. I won't lie. I'm kind of a sucker for some of the more soap opera-ish aspects of uh, those types of shows. I, I think what it, I think what wound up pushing me away from it was uh, January Jones. I just got her character just got on my nerves so much that yeah. it's just like she's very cold. I just couldn't care by the end. Um, I, oh, I that tried. Was, that was a character she was playing. <laughs> yeah, that, there's there's reason to think it wasn't. Um, John Hamm was brilliant though, from what I saw. I mean, he was justifiably brilliant. I okay. I don't know. I mean, but I I, I like getting back to your uh, what? You, yeah, I haven't seen. Are you here? I mean, honestly, if I watch something good, it's usually for this, or it's uh, something uh, hopelessly mainstream, like the last movie I saw in theaters, which was Civil War. Oh yeah. Your your question will guarantee that for the rest of uh, the day, I will be thinking of movies I like and being like, ah, oh, should have said that. <laughs> Nathan, uh, I think more than anything else, I want to say this before we go out. I'm really glad you chose this because I really think that people give movies like this too much of a pass. Like this actually had a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. I noticed that. It's like, I think people think that because it's got quote unquote serious intent that it's not a bad, you know, that, oh, it has to be good because they're aiming for something serious. It's like, no, no, I still have to hold this to the same standards I hold everything else to. Right. So my, my final comment is un gallo con muchos huevos is better than this. <laughs> yes it is quite a bit actually also the road to hell is paved with good intentions the road yeah. to hell is always <laughs> paved with good intentions <laughs> but but Nathan I know you're uh, going to have to go soon so I just want to say once again real joy to talk to you really excellent selection you guys have a good thing going here I enjoy listening yeah <laughs> thank you um yeah, thanks for being a thanks for being a Patreon supporter. That's always appreciated. Yes, absolutely. What you guys do immensely, and uh, thank you for yeah. having me on and letting me pick bad movies for you to watch. That's a yeah, probably yeah. my favorite part. You pick you pick ones that people aren't going to to bring up, and you find the kinds of bad movies that nobody's discussing. So we love it. One thing I have to ask while we have you on here that I think I've asked like uh, rhetorically uh, is. Uh, how do you find these? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm a pretty big fan of the indie genre anyway. Mm. So, you know, I have to say that I didn't dislike this because it's simply an indie movie. Right. But because I wanted it to live up to something that uh, I would think newer movies should aspire to. So, uh, yeah, that's how I found this. And because I'd watched a teacher, mildly enjoyed it and kind of wanted to see what else the director had. Uh, and it, I, when I read the description, I was like, there's no way she pulled this off. And, and she right. did it. I was right. So, uh, yeah. There we, there we go. Let's see. We, let's, let's go ahead and do the Patreon thing because we have our patron on. We want to thank our patrons. Uh, thank yeah. you, Nathan, for this episode. Yay. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Sean from No Totally. Yeah. We always appreciate your help. Yes. Your support is, uh, Helps us out a lot. It keeps the cast running. It keeps us unlimited mm -hmm. in what we can post, and that's it's a good feeling to see that bar as for space used this month never move at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a good feeling. You can find us at thefilmroom.podbean.com, which is the source of our cast. You can also find us on uh, iTunes. Rate us, review us, please. We we like we like response. There is the Podbean app. You can find us there. Uh, you can find us at thefilmroomlobby.wordpress.com, uh, where I'm always posting some claptrap that will probably annoy you. Uh, I've got a lot of comics stuff coming. Uh, there will be a lot of comics for rent coming in the next uh, couple of weeks. You can email us. It's at filmroomcast.gmail.com. Whatever suggestions you want to have, please fling them at us. Um, at filmroompodcast at gmail. Oh, it's at filmroompodcast, not at filmroomcast. Yeah, that's I want to see Twitter. if I could do this. Uh, at filmroomcast is indeed our Twitter. Please message us there. Find us. We, we've got all kinds of 
you know, it's where we share stuff and we repost uh, fun links and all that. You can uh, find us at our individual Twitters. I'm at Untitled User. Uh, Albert is at Primitive Man PRD. Uh, as always, our uh, cast associate, Harold Ragsdale, is at Cybergun Films. That one's about to get exciting and fun. Oh, yeah. Big plans. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the film room. We've got a ton of likes. We've got no interaction. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's. Kind of interesting how that works. It's suspicious. It's suspicious. I'm going to put it that way. It's deeply suspicious. Mm-hmm. I'd really, so. I'd love, I'd love to hear somebody else's thoughts on this film. If anybody out there, yeah, yeah has seen too. it. Uh, that's maybe, it, maybe it struck somebody else differently. Sheila actually had seen it, but she'd forgotten it completely. Oh, Understandable. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally yeah. believable. Because she watches everything. She's a, an obsessive film viewer. She had completely forgotten it and couldn't say anything about it. Um, but again, man, we really enjoyed having you on. Um, this was a, a solid episode. It was a brief episode, which makes sense in light of what it was that we watched. Uh, yes. It's just, yeah, it, it just, there was nothing there. I honestly felt like I had more to say about Justice League War when it was all said and done. Which is shorter. And is nothing more than a bunch of fight scenes. But something happened, at least. <laughs> so, that is the cast. Yep, once again, really, this was fun. Really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me on. I don't want to break up. Tell me you love me. And you want to spend the rest of your life with me. Look me in the eye. And tell me. She was grand Fell in love Found out firsthand. Went well For a week or two Then it all Came unclued In a trap Trip I can't grab Never thought I'd be the one who'd sleep Then I started Try to